You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. talk about from revelation to reality yes yes god we want revelation we want it to become our reality i thought you guys would be excited about that right Uh we're gonna get matt running that'll get us all going in a minute right that's right he's my runner he's my runner gene's my dancer matt's my runner and everybody else is in the middle the middle of the mixing bowl. So we are going to talk about how, you know, we're in such a revelatory season right now. And God's always talking. We never have to doubt that. Because he will talk our ears off if we will listen. Right. He has a lot to say. He, he's very verbose. He's very verbose. Just look at his word. But we're in such a revelatory season. But there is a, a reality to the revelation he is giving us. It's not just for our intellectual gymnastics to think through it, to ponder it. It is for a reality in our lives that he's given us this revelation. And I went back this morning and I was listening to some of the words that we've gotten as the gathering. I shared some of them last week. And, you know, what I realized was since the first of the year, many of the words that we have received, we've already seen fruition of them. And so many times when we think we get prophetic words, we think it's going to be a long time. Well, we're not in a long time season. We're in a short time season where God is like, here you go. Let's activate it. Let's get it going. Let's make it a reality. And we're not used to that. You know, there have been seasons where we've taken prophetic words and we've pondered on them for years. And there's still words that we're waiting on to come to life. But this is a, uh, uh, a short season. It's like, I don't know if any of you play golf, but sometimes you play a short course where everything's a par three instead of par fours and par fives. It takes a lot less time and um, much greater satisfaction for me anyhow. Because <laughs> I'm a speed golfer. I'm like, oh, my gosh, do I have to hit that ball again? That's why I play tennis. Uh, golf just takes too long. It takes too much thinking. But it is a revelation time for all of us. And God is speaking to us. He's speaking to us in our dreams. He's speaking to us by billboards that go by. He's speaking to us uh, even through the loss of your father. You know, he's speaking to us to stir us up for him. Uh, And I want to share some revelation that the Lord's been sharing with me because uh, when we get something, as we release it, it activates and partners with what everybody else is getting. And of course, you know, I spend a lot of time listening and hearing to see what you guys are hearing too. But um, I talked about a little earlier that we're shifting our revival experiment to an outpouring of God. And we really don't quite have the name. We just know that we aren't experimenting anymore. We are experiencing what God is doing. And there is an outpouring happening that we don't understand We actually can't explain it. We don't even know what's going to happen. We did not know what was going to happen this morning until God said, this is what's going to happen. 
And then when God says, this is what's going to happen, we all say yes and amen. amen. That's great for us, God. Whatever you want to do, that's what we want to do. It doesn't mean we don't pray. It doesn't mean we don't prep. It doesn't mean that they don't pick the worship sets. It doesn't mean we don't prepare a message. But what we know is that God is teaching us a fluidity between him and us. That as we move and breathe and have our being, it's within the context of him and us guiding us through what he wants to do. And in a corporate setting, we all go. You know, it's not just one of us. We all go. And, and that brings a greater strengthening. When we sang that one song, I don't even know what it was. It says that uh, uh, God is raising up an army. We are the army. We are it. And um, that's a good thing. So uh, one of the things, oh, I was talking about a revival experiment. We, we believe that we're supposed to move it to Friday night. We believe we're supposed to um, uh, come in with that hunger and that expectation of what God's going to do and, and really just see, because for us, for all of us, we're really facilitators, you know what a facilitator is. We take what's going to occur and we help to facilitate. Oh, God wants to step in here. He's got a word to give Gene here. You know, he's got a song here. He's got a word here. We're facilitating an environment where God can move in however he wants to. And you say, well, how can you stop God from moving? It's very easy. It's easy to do. We just dig in our heels and move past him. When he's trying to breathe on us, we just go on and, and say no to what he has. It is easy for us to do. And our heart is not to move beyond God. It's to move with God. Amen. And we know that's why we're all here, because we, we want to uh, do this, this outpouring of God. And the scripture that's really been singing into my heart is this Isaiah 43, 19. It says, behold, I will do a new thing. He's doing it now. And it's new to us. It's, it's something we haven't experienced before. It says, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And I want to talk about this a little bit today because regardless of what's going on around us, there is rest within us in God. We have rest within God. We, we can have chaos all around us, but that rest comes when we tap into the one who lives within us. And this new thing that he's doing really is a holy hunger, a righteousness, a passion for him, a desperation where we're just not satisfied. When we see things that don't align with who he says he is, whether it's in our business, whether it's in our life, we're just like, that is not God. And so we are not going to have that. Amen. We're going to shift our staff. We're going to shift our family. We're going to shift our neighborhood. Uh, our, one of our neighbors, we haven't lived in our neighborhood that long, but we've met all of our neighbors. And one of our neighbors came across the street and she says, I, I need to tell you something, but I don't want to offend you. I'm like, okay. She said, well, I just wanted to tell you from my window, I can see that the acorns have been uh, growing in your gutters. So on this side where you don't really look at your house, there's like little baby trees growing in your gutters. 
And I said, well, I said, that certainly doesn't offend me. Actually, that helps me. She goes, well, you know how sensitive everybody is. She said, you're almost afraid to say anything because you don't know how they're going to react. And she said, but I just couldn't stand to see it. We got to talk and I was telling her that we were pastors. She's like, really? Oh, well, you know, Jesus. And then she just got all excited. And I'm like, yes, I know Jesus. And, you know, it's just that breaking these barriers that have been put up that we're so afraid to even help our neighbor because they're afraid that they're going to get mad at us. And that we know is a tactic of the enemy. We know that we are to love our neighbors. We know that even if they offend us, we are to turn the other cheek. My little neighbor next door, he's young. uh, He's maybe 20, 19, 20. Well, um, he stands out in our front yard. For some reason, he likes to get right, right in our front yard with his boom box and, um, and wraps. Sometimes it's at four in the morning. I used to get for him four, four, three, something like that. And I'm like, Malik, you're going to have to go to bed so I can hear from God because what you're listening to is not God. But he's just the sweetest guy. But he stands out there and he just screams rap music. And uh, we're just going to get him saved. We know, we know that, that he, you know, we know that his mom knows Jesus. But uh, I think he's, he's teetering on the edge. But, you know, he's just like one of these great kids. And he got out his bow and arrow and a little target and set it up in his front yard. And he says, I'll make sure it don't hit you when you come out. And I'm like, thank you so much. <laughs> and now he's got a little friend that comes over every day and they both stand out and wrap in the front yard. But you know what? They're not hurting anything. Except when I'm on a, a, a Zoom call, I'll usually say, hey, can you hold it down a little bit? I'm trying to work. And, but, but, you know, they're just looking for something. We're all looking for something and something's name is Jesus, right? right? And, and if we can break this stupid cultural chain around our neck that we can't even say hello, we can't even bless someone. We can't even offer to pray for them because they might get offended. Imagine, imagine, right? Right. That wasn't even what I was going to say today, but that's okay. We'll just begin there. Well, I do feel like there is a, like a, a yoke around our necks because everybody's so sensitive and, uh, and for my neighbor to worry about helping me out that I might get offended. It just tells you the barrier that the enemy's put up and she's a believer too. So anyhow. So this is what I want to talk about. Okay, last Sunday, I was sitting in my place, and I turned around, and I saw this huge couple sitting two rows behind me. And I I thought, well, it looked like some friends of mine, but it wasn't them. I knew they were new, and I thought, that's interesting. And there was this huge fragrance of like a cologne perfume, and I thought, wow, that that's strong. You know, I was just like, huh. And, um, you know, we're worshiping and I got up and we all prayed together. But when I got up, I looked and there was no one there. Actually, Sharon was sitting there and I was like, that, where'd they go? You know, and I was really praying about it. And throughout the worship service, I kept feeling some, 
someone come up like next to me. And I kept looking to see, you know, if someone got something to say or, or they want to tell me something. No one there all through the service. And as I'm praying and, and I was talking to Miguel and Rita about it, I, I realized that they were angels within our service. Now, we've had angels all the time. You know, they're here regularly. Um, but that was the first time they were so clear and plain, like a physical body that I saw that looked like someone was just visiting. And I was talking to the Lord about it. And he, you know, he loves all my questions because I have lots of them. And, and I'm always like, well, what was that? And what was that cologne? And what was that perfume? And what is it we wanted to smell? And all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and he's just like, breathe. Because I like to know what's going on. But what I feel like he's doing is he is so readying us for heaven's movement on us. There is a, a, a fluidity. uh, That's my word today uh, between us and there, there is an openness for God to move on us and us to receive what he has for us, partnering with him in it. We've got to partner with him in it. You know, God is not going to make us hang out with him. He's not going to make us partner with him. It's all choice. We know that. And, and part of this is he is training us on the biggerness, the biggerness. That's, that's, that's a good new word for you guys. Biggerness. Yeah, that means not small. It's bigger than this, right? But he is, he's partnering us for this greatness. And that's what I keep saying. Revival in the context, if we Google the word revival and look it up, it can't contain what God is doing in this hour. I went back and I was reading some of the revival books. I was reading Charles Finney and Moody and all these different things. And and they were a specific signature for that hour. This is a specific signature in this hour. It is not a duplication. God is not a replicator. He is a creator, right? So he is not duplicating what he's doing. He's expanding and enlarging and taking us places that we don't even understand. And, um, you know, it takes endurance to run this race. You know, this isn't a five minute race. This is a 24 seven. It's a 24-7 with God. So I want to read a little bit in, in the, out of the Word. We're going to read Acts 8 because this is how God works with me. And I'm telling you this because there's going to be more. There's going to be more than we can ever imagine. You know, the things I read through the Scripture and I'll pray, God, why not this? Why not now? Why not this? Why not now? You know, I, whatever's in here, I want, except, except the hard stuff. No, I'm just, <laughs> but I, I do, I read through and I, I'm just like, God, you know, I'm reading through Acts again. I've read it earlier in the, in the year and I'm reading through it like I've never read it before. And I'm reading through it going, I don't remember seeing this part. I don't remember you highlighting this part of it for me. So Monday morning when I I went to read, my portion to read was starting in Acts 8. So we're going to start in verse 26. And we're familiar with this enough. I think that's where we're going to start. Let me just turn my page. Yeah, we're familiar with this enough. It's uh, verse 26. It says, now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert. So he rose and went. 
And behold, a man from Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charged who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship. So this is a eunuch who has come to Jerusalem to worship was returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah, the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot. So I'm going to stop there because this is what caught my eye. So the angel of the Lord goes to Philip and says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go down the road. But then the spirit of the Lord goes to Philip. And, I, and right there I stopped and I said, okay, Lord. So you send an angel to Philip. Then you designate. Then you send your spirit to Philip. Of course, my question is, why do we need both of them? Why wouldn't we just use one of them? The angel of the spirit. Because I think those things. Come on, you guys. You think things that are, are just, you just want to know. And, uh, and, you know, I can feel the Lord just smile. Because you know he's going to teach you something when you start asking him questions about things that seem in the worldview uh, unnecessary. Not sure that's the right word, but maybe. You just think why. Just think why. So let me read the rest of it. Uh, so Philip ran to him. Oh, okay, I read that. And he, verse 31, it says, and he said, how can I understand um, unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The, script, the place in the scripture where he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth in his humiliation. His justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you of whom does the prophet say this of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened up his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Preach Jesus to him. So Philip follows the flow of the angel, the flow of the spirit, and begins to hear what the eunuch was reading and sees that opportunity to step in to help the eunuch encounter the Christ, which is what all of us are looking for those opportunities to do, Amen. to help the people we encounter, yes. encounter Christ, yeah. right? Amen. I mean, that's what we're here for. We want to encounter Christ. We come to, as a family, encounter the spirit of the living God and see what he wants to pour out over us and see where he wants to send us, send us, God. He preached Jesus, verse 36. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? That is one hungry man. Amen. He could have just listened to what Philip said and said, oh, that's interesting. But as he preached Jesus, the hunger stirred inside of him. You know, there's hunger already built within us. Yeah. There's hunger in us, the hunger for Jesus. 
Verse 37, then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Amen. 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 So he commanded the, uh, the chariot to stand still and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he was, and he baptized him. Now, when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing. So are we ready for the spirit of the Lord to catch us up and take us where he needs us in the next season? He needs us on Highway 19 right now, but where does he want to take us next? Are we ready for that supernatural transportation of God? Are we ready to hear the angels speak, the, the spirit speak, the uh, unbeliever speak that we can speak into? I mean, it is such an exciting time for us to be ready for what God has. So, I, so I'm talking to the Lord all about this. And I'm like, ah, the dynamics. Just think about Philip, the dynamics of this. When Philip was chosen to, to serve, the apostle said, we need to raise up some godly men to serve the widows because they weren't being served. And there were requirements for them to do that. They had to be of good character and be filled with the Holy Spirit in order to serve widows. Those are hefty requirements in that service. That's hefty requirements. We all need to be of good character and filled with the Holy Spirit. So I'm talking to the Lord all about this Philip thing. And I'm like, God. He had to be going, wow, this is so much fun. I started out serving widows. Next thing you know, I'm preaching the gospel. The angels are talking to me. I'm transported through the air to the next mission. And then I have these four daughters who are prophetess that I'm raising up as holy women of God. Right. What a life. So the Lord says to me, you know, the angels are not the point. I'm like, oh, Okay. <laughs> It is an expansion of what I'm doing. Just like with Philip, I sent my messenger. Then I sent my spirit. I send what is necessary. Amen. Whatever is necessary, that's what I'll give you. That's what you'll encounter. Whatever is necessary for you to accomplish what I have, that's what I'll send you. If it's angels, if it's the spirit, if it's being transported from country to country, that's what I'll give you. If it's to heal the sick, if it's to raise it, that's what you'll have. Whatever you need, you will have because the Holy Spirit lives in you. Yeah. So it's not about anything but his thing. That's all it's about. It's all about him. That's all we care about. It's the vastness of heaven that has been open to us. We have access to everything we need. Even the word Jean, that Jean gave earlier. God has told me that before. Why do you ask for what I've already given you? And part of it is because I don't recognize that I have it. If I recognize that I had it, then I wouldn't be asking for it, right? So I asked the Lord, I always ask the Lord. In fact, that's what started this whole angels thing to open my eyes so I can see what, I, what you're doing. I want to be able to see and discern 
because there's so many things the Lord is doing that we aren't aware of that we miss in our day to day because he is moving all the time. So the other word he gave me this week was the weight of heaven is backing us. And with that comes a lot of responsibility. And I want to read a couple of scriptures out of second Kings, second Kings six fifteen. And I've gotten this word several times and it says it's in the word where the spirit says, go without doubting, go without doubting. Are we ready to go without doubting? Yes, 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 yes. Come on, come on. Okay, we're ready. So we're going to start in uh, verse 15, I believe. Yes, it says, this is 2 Kings 6, and it's up there on the screen. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? How many times have you felt surrounded by the enemy? Right. So he answered, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he might see. Then the Lord opened his, uh, opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, strike this people. I pray with blindness and he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. So let me just ask you a question. Are you ready for God to act on the word that you speak out? Are you ready? Elisha first said, open the eyes of my servant so he can see the Lord open the eyes at the request of Elisha. Then he said, blind the enemy. And the Lord blinded the enemy at the word of Elisha. The the season we're in right now carries a weightiness and a heavy responsibility. So we are declaring for God to act. Then there has to be a holiness within us. For God to act on. Just like Elisha said, you know, if God's going to sign off on what comes out of my mouth, whoo, it better be good. It better be righteous. It better line up with the word. You know, Samuel was a prophet and his words never fell to the ground without being activated by God. That should be our prayer. May the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be pleasing to you, O God. That is the season we're in. He's looking for a pure, true church, a body of believers that he can entrust not only with the power of what is coming, but the power of to bind what is coming against us. He's looking for us to release the kingdom mindset and not curse what is happening in front of us. 
we might have to do a cleanup on all three after this. Because when you think about it, think about Jesus when he talked to uh, John and James, the sons of thunder, and they said, shall we call down the fire from heaven on Samaria? And he said, you do not know what spirit you're of. Because right. he didn't come to burn the place down. He came to save the lost and bring them to God, Amen. bring them to the father. So we have to realign. We have to tweak what we're here for. And it's to heal the sick. It's to raise the dead. It's to cast out demons. It's to cleanse the leopard. And it's to preach the gospel. We may curse the enemy's plans, but we don't curse the people who are carrying them out. We pray. We release life over them. We declare that they're called just like we are called. And God will take care of them, but we have to be responsible for what is coming off of our lips. Amen. Okay. Enough of that. Now we're going to get to the funner stuff, but it is true. You know, with the word of God comes correction and that correction is because he loves us because if he never corrects us, then we are running all over the place. If he corrects us, then we know this is the heart of God because he showed me when I stepped out of his heart. He showed me when I stepped on someone instead of stepped into them to help them. He showed me. So I want that correction of God with a deep breath and a a nervous sigh. (laughs) But that's what holiness, I mean, that is how the awe of God is restored. That is how the fear of God is restored. When you say, God, search me, O Lord. And if there's anything wrong in me, you fix me, God, because I want to be pure and true and holy unto you. You are a holy God. And you said, I am holy because you are holy. So let it be according to your word. Let me be holy according to your word and you do whatever it takes to make me holy. And wherever I'm not holy, then you trim it off. I was, when I was out at Arizona, you know, we had that uh, fivefold meeting and somebody gave a word that the Lord gave them about uh, Michelangelo. And I'm probably will butcher it a little bit, but what, but the basic was uh, Michelangelo said that he kept chipping away at the marble So he could get rid of what didn't look like what he was carving. As he carved David, he chipped away with what wouldn't fit into that image. And that's what God does to us. He chips away at what doesn't look like him. Amen. Okay. Phew, my heart is racing. Jesus. (laughs) Get ready for the chipping. Get ready for the chipping. Okay, we're going to go over to John 4, 23 for a minute. I'm going to spend a minute there, and then I'm going to read a word uh, over us as we close. So um, we're just learning to live in God's economy. And I don't mean just, I don't mean financially. I just mean God's zone. Everything that's God, that's what we're learning to live in. And everything else is still there. But it doesn't affect us in the same way it used to because we live in this God zone. We live this bilocational life where we are as much in heaven as we are on earth. And, you know, it's not 
black and white, oh, I'm visited in heaven and then I'm back or I'm in the spirit and then I'm not. We are always in the spirit because we are spirit people. And God has given us a physical body to transform the world that he created. So, so we are always in that zone and we are able to affect our businesses. We've heard testimony after testimony that even in the time of what we would call corporate famine, there's been prosperity. You know, even in a time where there seems to be the inability to have breakthrough, we have breakthrough. We have, uh, we get more done than we ever thought we could get done. Even when we think we don't have enough time, we get it done. And then we're like, I even got extra time. I got extra time. I played, um, uh, I had my first ultimate tennis match uh, Thursday night. So the match was two hour and 40 minutes after a 30 minute warm up. So I got a three hour and 10 minute uh, workout. Then I had a two hour match on Friday morning. Then, of course, I worked, and then I had my granddaughter came and spent the night with us Friday night, and then we had a birthday party on Saturday morning, <laughs> and I told God, I said, only you give me enough energy to do all that and survive. Yeah. Of course, I took a little nap yesterday afternoon, but, but you know, it's, it's where God has given us everything we need. He gives us the energy. He gives us the, the, the stamina. He gives us the ability to have breakthrough uh, in all kinds of ways that we didn't even think. And, and what we're seeing is the ability um, to reverse really the aging process. We're seeing the ability to walk in that perfect health zone that we declared over us. We're seeing the breakthrough of healing and uh, we're not at a hundred percent yet, but boy, I'm going for a hundred percent. I'm not a 50%. I'm not a 90% or I said that last week, God didn't stop at 90%. He didn't say, Oh, you're 50% healed. Just go for it. He, he, he was a hundred percent man. We're a hundred percent people. So anyhow, he's just turning his people over into these radical, loving, sold out, hungry, desperate. I, I, there's not even words to describe it, God. If you don't give us more, we don't know what we do. If we can't have more, we don't know what we'll do. Okay, John 4, 23. We're going to end on this. Uh, 23 and 24. This has been our theme. This is why we started the church. Um, it says, but the hour is coming and is now. And now is. It's right now. Yeah. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Yeah. Right? For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit. So we're worshiping the father in spirit and truth and Jesus is truth, right? So we're worshiping in father in Jesus in spirit and truth. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. That is what we're going after the spirit and the truth, the, the oneness of the father, the son and the Holy spirit. And that, that, uh, whirlwind of him around us, just like we see in Ezekiel. So the Lord gave me a vision and I'm going to end on this. I said that I've said that three times now. I really am. But the Lord gave me a vision this week as I was praying and just spending some extra time with him. And he showed me um, in this scripture as I was meditating on it, how we are we are with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all the time, right? We know that. Everybody understands that. We are. That is what his word says. That is the truth. Whether we feel it or not, it's still true. 
It's still the word. It is still what's happening. And he was showing me kind of, you know, how God gives you like um, um, examples, you know, and he was showing me how it, it was, you know, the father standing here, me and Jesus. But we were all kind of translucent as one. But as the father was kind of in the in the back, he was showing me this is how we see what the father is doing. And Jesus in front shows us how to do it. We have the what and the how, and the spirit empowers us to be able to accomplish it. It's just such a unity with him that we have in this place. And I want to read this word over us. So I'm going to ask you to stand. This comes from a book called The Unknown Prophet. And uh, it was written in 2002, and it was quite all the rage in 2002. But um, it's kind of when you read it in 2002, you were like, huh. But when you read it in 2021, you can see the weight of it in it. But I just want to read this over you uh, because I feel like this is where we are as the gathering. It says, seek my presence for it is to those who love to be with me. It is to those alone who would seek only me and not my gifts. It is for those who lay their lives down for me to these beloved ones. Now I want you to just put out your hands and just receive this. I shall pour my spirit out in these end times as I find these ones I trust. And as I watch them only worship me, not for my power or my anointing, but for the wonder of communing in my presence, then I shall move my mighty hand and I shall pour out a portion of my spirit upon these precious ones. Not one portion, not two, but manifold. And I shall raise them up and they shall be as flames of fire and they shall yet speak and utter my words and my presence shall fall upon the multitudes and the fire and the fire of my presence shall fall and so shall the multitudes bow down with their face to the floor and so shall my power flow in might in magnitude in conviction in healing power and in miracles, my healing power shall flow and miracles of magnitude shall be seen as lightning. So shall my power and anointing manifest in these end days and all the nations of the earth will be touched by it. So father, we just receive this word. We worship you and only you and all the rest is the byproduct of our relationship with you. So Lord, we're just thanking you and we say, use us. Yeah. However you want to shift the nations out of our mouths, out of our hands, moving us, translating us across the world. We just say yes to that Lord and you will receive all glory and the nations will see your face and they will turn to you, Lord. We're just calling uh, an agreement. We're just agreeing with your outpouring in this season, God. And we're just saying yes and amen more and more and more of your presence, Lord, because in your presence, everything changes, everything, God. So we just thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, and we bless you, Abba Father. Amen and amen.
Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.